Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This is no laughing matter. Bitterness is sticky, isn't it? It gets in your heart, and no matter what, it just it takes a work of the Holy Spirit to move it, to get it out. That is why you don't allow things into your life, things into your eyes, things into your ear, conversations in your ear. Because what will happen is you'll find yourself bitter. You don't even know why you're bitter, but somebody kind of spewed that bitterness on you. And now you don't know why you're bitter, but now you have to deal with that stronghold. And you find yourself having to forgive people that never did anything to you. Don't ask me to say that again. It's right. So we have to be mindful of those those, those strongholds in our lives. Can I just say, without without y'all get mad, (laughs) amen, pray for me. Without y'all get mad, you cannot... Deal with strongholds. You cannot have a human solution to a spiritual problem. Thank you, Lord. You cannot. You cannot offer a spiritual, uh, a human solution to a spiritual problem. The answer to overcoming the flesh, saints, is not pragmatics and it's not methodology. And it's certainly not psychology and counseling and life coach. I still don't know what that is. I I really don't. I have sincerely asked people, like, what is a life coach? What is a life coach? That's a person you give your money to for no reason. (laughs) Listen, probably not going to be very happy with me after service today. So I'll need to beef up security as I'm trying to leave. <laughs> the life coach. What is a life coach? I mean, what, 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 you can't, can't, you know, deal with the, the, the spiritual things and, and, and the issues of the heart through fleshly means. The answer to overcoming the flesh is not some human effort. It's not somebody's good idea. It's not a system. The way to overcome the flesh is to simply, verse 16, walk in the spirit. Let's move on to point number two. The spirit gives us victory over the law. And verse 18, look at verse 18, if you will. If you, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, Paul here, saints, is equating the flesh with the law. The law 
are rules given to man to help him keep control of himself, help him to uh, keep control of himself by, by, by operating in works, in human effort. So the law in our text is speaking of human effort. If you're walking by the spirit, you're not going to be trapped by a system where your human effort is trying to attain a spiritual result. Let me say that again. If you're walking by the spirit, you're not going to be trapped by a system where your human effort is trying to obtain, attain a spiritual result. Verse 19 through 21, we get the list of things that that come from the flesh. And I'm going to give you some categories, if you will. I'm going to take this list of things. Instead of dealing with each one of them, let me give you a category for them. And it's actually basically three categories of the flesh. Number one, sex is a category of the flesh and self-effort. Are y'all still with me this morning? Sex is a category of the flesh and self-effort. Adultery, the Bible tells us, look at verse 19, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness have to do with sexual behavior. The pornographic mind, which leads to pornographic conduct. Here's another category of the flesh of self-effort is religion. Look at verse 20, idolatry. Idolatry is as much a work of the flesh as immorality. Sometimes we think idolatry means that, you know, Pastor Rodney, I don't have little images in my house. I don't, you know, dress up in a black robe and light candles and offer fruit to little images in my house, Pastor Rodney. I don't worship idols. That's what we think here in America. But idolatry, saints, listen, is worshiping anything other than the true God. Some people worship a false God. Some people worship false religious systems. Some people worship themselves. Some people worship their money. Some people worship their career, prestige, a house, car, whatever is becoming your master passion in life, that is your God, and that is idolatry. It's that simple. We're talking about categories. Another category of self-effort is human relationships. We look at verse 20 again. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, and the like. Now, people are people, and people have all kinds of problems. We know that. There's bitterness. There's hate. There's conflict in the home, conflict in the marriage. You don't get along with your mother or your father or your in-laws. You feel unfulfilled. You've got a problem focusing on other people's stuff. That's envy. Keeping up with the Joneses. Who are the Joneses? Nobody's ever introduced them. But people are always trying to keep up with them. Other people's things. You don't like the way you look. You're anorexic. You're bulimic. Listen, you can put all of this here. It's all the flesh in one way or another. Now, again, saints, listen, this is an exhausted list. It isn't. And that's why Paul says, if you notice at the end, Paul, uh uh-huh, did you see it? Paul says, and the like. You see verse 21? And the like. Paul saying, and in case I forgot anything. 
Paul's a good preacher. That's a preacher move right there, okay, in case I forgot anything. Point number three in our outline, the Spirit gives us victory over this life. Look at verse 22 through 25, but the fruit of the Spirit, you're looking at verse 22, is what, saints? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, there is no law. The law doesn't deal with these things. The fruit of the Spirit is beyond the law because the law relates to human effort, right? Verse 22 through 25 relates to the power of the Spirit. The flesh produces works. The Spirit produces fruit. We talked about last week, our sermon title was Abiding, in uh, uh, the blessings of abiding. That's what it was. And we're talking about uh, John 15. You should probably go to the app and listen to that one. And uh, we're talking about in John 15 that we, we, we mentioned and pointed out that fruit is natural, right? Fruit comes or is the result of abiding in the vine. Fruit just abides in the vine and allows the life from the vine, Jesus, to flow through it. To bring forth fruit. Fruit is automatic. You don't have to try to bear fruit. What you need to do, what we need to do as believers in order to bear fruit is to abide in Jesus. We talked about that last Sunday, right? And I want to give give, give you this again because I think it is good and important. The root determines the fruit. Bad root means bad fruit. Good root means good fruit. If there's no root, there will be no fruit. I should have put that on the screen for you. The root determines the fruit. Bad fruit means bad root means bad fruit. And good root means good fruit. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20, Jesus said, therefore, By their fruits, you will know them. Are y'all looking at that? Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Now, you're probably not going to like this. Leave that there for a minute, Miss Gina. You're probably not going to like these next few comments, but let me just say, Jesus said, by their fruits, you will know them. The fruit of the Spirit is the characteristic of every believer. And if there is no fruit in your life, we are left to conclude that you are not a believer. Now, a lot of people don't like that. Don't judge me. I'm not judging you. Jesus said that. I'm just telling you what he said. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at him. Jesus said, by their fruits, you will know them. Listen, just like evil works characterize someone who is not a Christian, the fruit of the Spirit characterizes someone who is a Christian. So if we don't see fruit, we have to conclude there's no root, which means you're not connected to Jesus, which equals you're not born again. Because if you're born again, you will bear fruit. Now, don't get this misunderstood. We're not talking about perfection here. We're not saying that you need to be perfect, 
But what the Bible is teaching us is that as new believers, when we come to faith, we still have a lot of, okay, we still have a lot of the works of the flesh. Let's be honest. When you first become a believer, it's like being a baby, right? And you still have all of these things that you've been involved in and this, that, and the other and all these things. But then as you grow as a Christian and you continue in the word, and you continue in prayer, and you continue in fellowship, and you make some Christian friends, then some of these works of the flesh should start to disappear. The Bible calls that sanctification. Are y'all following me? The Bible calls that sanctification, meaning that you are becoming set apart. You don't give your life to Jesus, and all of a sudden, you know, all the works of the flesh go away, and now you're in the spirit. I would love it to be that way. But there's work to be done. And there's a walk and it's a step by step walk. And as you step by step daily walk with Jesus, I hope I'm making some sense. Step by step daily walk with Jesus. Some of these things start going away. And, 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 and now, now you know how to deal with uh, unforgiveness. And you know how to deal with bitterness. And you know how to deal with envy. And now you're growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. Right. So then the fruit of the spirit characterizes someone who is a Christian. And let's look at these fairly quickly. The fruit of the spirit. I want you to look at verse 22. The fruit of the spirit is look at it. What's the first one, y'all? Love. Love. I do want to point something out to you. Notice the word fruit is singular. The word fruit is singular. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. Now, some very good Bible teachers will disagree with me here. It's kind of um, a distinction, I think, with a, with a, I think, I think with a difference. Uh, they may disagree. We have the word fruit of the Spirit, not fruits plural. So if it is singular fruit and love is the first fruit, we say the fruit of the spirit is love and out of love is born joy, peace. Are you looking at it? Long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So the fruit. All right, y'all hear me. The fruit singular is love. And from love, we have joy. We have peace. We have Love, see, is the first aspect, if you will, of the fruit of the Spirit. And without love, didn't Paul tell us in 1 Corinthians 13, didn't Paul tell us without love? Prophets nothing, right? Paul said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, it profits me nothing. So have your prophecies. And have your speaking in tongues. And have your dancing in the spirit and have your hermeneutics and homiletics and have all of that. But when it's all said and done, have love. Again, come on, come on, do it right. You're going to do it, do it right. Look, jump in the spirit, jump as high as you want. Y'all say amen. Jump as high as you want. Just make sure you walk in love when you come down. That's the balance, right? Because the fruit of the spirit is love. And what does love look like? 
it looks like joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness. Joy was joy. Keep your pen handy. Joy is a positive or pleasant emotion, a constant delight. Joy is not the same as happiness. Right. Happiness is situational. We're just talking about it. Wednesday night. We're just talking in Proverbs and how nicely Proverbs and how to walk in the spirit are going together. And we're talking about on Wednesday night, Proverbs 7 p.m. Be here. This communion will be here and 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 how to live and walk in the spirit. And this past Wednesday, we're just talking about the difference between joy and happiness and that happiness is situational. And, and happiness is like if you, you know, the publisher clearinghouse comes knocking on your door and tell you you just want a quadrillion dollars. And now you're happy. Right. But that happiness only lasts for a period of time. But joy. Are you listening to me? Is abiding. Right. Joy is not situational. Joy is based on the fact that we are in Christ. Joy understands that God is in control of every circumstance in our lives. We have joy because we know God is good all the time, and that's why we have joy. And i got to be honest, saints. I don't understand a Christian who doesn't have joy. You know, the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our... Oh, you do know. The joy of the Lord is... Our strength. I don't understand Christians who don't have joy. Now, I understand suffering. I understand trial. I understand circumstances that are adverse in this world. But we can still have joy in the midst of suffering. And we need to have joy because when the enemy takes your joy, you're done. When the enemy takes your joy, you're done. Some Christians have no joy. Some Christians, they don't, they don't even look. Christians, they don't even look happy. They look like they've been, like, marinating in embalming fluid or something. I mean, <laughs> baptized in pickle juice, sucking on unholy lemons. I spent a long time writing these. Y'all better laugh, all right? <laughs> It's true, isn't it? People don't see that joy. They think that, you know, you're one of those mean Christians, if you will. And unfortunately, mean Christians is a thing. Y'all say amen. Love from love, right, is joy. And then peace. When the spirit rules in your life, we experience peace in three areas. Peace with God, peace with our others, and peace with ourselves. Long-suffering means willing to accept and bear injury. Boy, that's a toughie, isn't it? Kindness, a sweetness of attitude, easy to get along. Kindness, Christians should be kind, easy to get along. You know, some Christians that ain't easy to get along, that's a thing too. Are you easy to get along with? Everybody's saying, I think so. Let me ask your wife or your husband. How about that? People are like, oh, yeah, I think I am. I think I am. I bet you do. Let me ask somebody to really know you, okay? <laughs> ask somebody other than you. How about that? Kindness. 
right? Uh, goodness, goodness, a willingness to do good and help others. Christian love and action, that's goodness. Faithfulness is the ability to trust in God and be trusted by God. Faithfulness, fruit of the Spirit. Y'all still with me? In verse 23, is gentleness. Gentleness is much like kindness. It's much like kindness. And then self-control. Self-control is power under control, not letting your anger rule your life. Don't confuse or being meek. Hey, there's a biographical statement made by Jesus himself when he said, I am meek and lowly at heart. Don't confuse meekness with weakness, right? Weakness means without power. Meekness means power under constraint, powerful under control. Some people think Christians are supposed to be weak and spineless and milquetoast. No, the Bible says Christians ought to be meek like Jesus, right? Can I share something with you? You can't fake fruit. That's true. You can't fake fruit. It's absolutely impossible for a non-believer to bear this type of fruit. Now, they may have some of these things in their lives. I've met plenty of non-believers. I love them, actually, and they're kind, and they're nice people, and they would do anything for you. We've met plenty. We all know people like that, that, that you see some of these things in, your li- in their lives. But what we're talking about is a life and fruit that is produced by the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about being a good person because your mama and your daddy and them bought you up with good values. That's not what we're talking about. Although we should all be kind. Y'all say amen. We should all be nice people. But what we're talking about here is the Holy Spirit empowering us. And this is fruit born as a result of abiding with Jesus. God wants believers to bear fruit. God isn't saying again that we need to be perfect. God is saying that we need to seek to grow in our faith and to bear fruit, stay connected to Jesus. So in this clo- in closing in this series, how to walk and live in the spirit, simply walking in the spirit is just living a life step by step in the spirit. It's living in the presence of God. Walking in the spirit means abiding in Jesus, right? So we could say that walking in the spirit and abiding in Jesus is the same thing. We could say that. Because walking in the spirit daily means abiding with him in John 15 and will bring forth fruit. So if we abide in Jesus, the spirit of God is working within us. We abide in Jesus, and as we abide in the vine and the branches abide, we bear fruit. You stay connected, you don't dry up. Stay connected, you won't walk in the flesh, right? Walking in the spirit is a God consciousness, going after God with all your heart. We've been teaching for five weeks on how to walk in the spirit. I think we could sum up all of those teachings by simply saying how to live and walk in the spirit is walking in a God consciousness, 
going after God with all your heart, having no idols and no other gods before him. Have no other gods before him doesn't mean have as many as you like after him. Just saying. It means God wants to be not only uh, first in your life in priority, but preeminence. Preeminence is higher than priority. He doesn't want, God doesn't want to be number one in your life. I'm almost done. He doesn't want to be number one in your life. He wants to be your life. Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, Christ in me, the hope of glory. He doesn't want to be first in your life. He wants to be your life. And I hope that uh, this teaching uh, will help you to uh, practically, I think we've been talking about over these weeks, uh, practically um, walking with God. Step by step. Don't... uh, don't try to over-spiritualize it and make it happen. And, you know, I, we talked about fruit doesn't have to uh, try to be born. Fruit doesn't strain and strive and hope and grunt and got to bear fruit. I'm a Christian. I got to bear fruit. Uh, you don't have to do that. You know what you have to do? You just got to stay connected to Jesus. I promise you. I promise you. If you stay connected to Jesus, fruit will come from your life. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.